Well, tonight, chapter number 20. And uh, my plans are to be able to finish our study next week. We're taking the last two chapters together. And uh, that's chapter 6. I don't want that. Must have started at the wrong end. Chapter 20. Chapter 20 is one of those chapters of the Bible where there's a lot of discussion and some downright argument. But we're going to look at it and take it as the Word of God, literally. And uh, we don't allow arguing in this class. Shouldn't allow arguing any time in church. We have a pastor who's a leader, the under shepherd, and there needs to be a distinction made. He makes it. No argument, just rules. All right, I forgot I got this chair behind me. I get all settled here. Chapter 20. The chapter that speaks about the millennial. Millennial is a word that comes from the Latin, which is a Latin word that just simply means 1,000 years, or 1,000, in this case, years. There are, I mentioned, a lot of disagreement. I want to handle just real quickly before we get into verse 1, the basic schools of thought uh, as to the book of, uh, or rather the chapter 20 in the millennium. Three schools of eschatology are, first one, the all-millennialism. All millennialism. All millennialism, when you have an A in front of it, it means no. In other words, no millennial. This is a present-day popular view, probably a most popular, and they just simply take these scriptures uh, that talk about the millennial and just spiritualize them, and they do not take them in a literal sense. And so they really have no millennial. It's um, figurative language in their estimation. The other rule is one that is in the past and has just about we're in its course. It's about dead. It's called post-millennialism. Post means after. And what this teaching says is that Christ comes back after the millennial reign, that he doesn't reign for a thousand years and then the millennial, but that the millennial precedes his coming and that um, the church, Christianity, is going to do such a good job that they're going to get the world in such a good shape, getting better and better all the time. It's hard to believe that was ever popular, but back uh, at the time of the Reformation and that, it was very popular. And uh, they said, uh, well, look at England. They're sending uh, the gospel into India, and England is such a staunch Christian nation and uh, soon India will be Christian, and there's some 30 million Christians in China, so all of that will be Christian. 
as Christianity spreads. And they had great dreams, but that's all they were. Uh, we know that man's not like that. The Bible says things are going to get worse, not better. And uh, not very many people believe that uh, theory uh, of interpretation because uh, after First World War and then the Second World War and now they're still fighting and now they're talking about the Third World War, uh, there's no end to it. Man's not getting better, he's getting worse. Now, the position we hold, and which we believe to be descriptural, is the premillennial view, where Christ comes back prior to the 1,000-year reign, and uh, from the uh, uh, forms of government uh, here on earth, and he reigns uh, with a rod of iron, and righteousness reigns, and uh, for that to happen, for there ever to be a, uh, a life similar to that on earth, something has to be done. And that's what we read about in the first three chapters, uh, three verses. Look with me in verse one through three. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he, had, and he uh, laid hold uh, on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And we'll see about uh, that in this chapter that we're looking at. Now, surprisingly, the scriptures, you know, on some things we uh, find the Lord speaking and just constantly teaching and teaching and teaching. Uh, and, and it just seems like it goes on forever on one subject. Here, we have a thousand years contained in about um, three verses. The thousand years doesn't begin until this bird is locked up. The bottomless pit is the abyss or the abyss where the uh, demonic creatures, we read about them in other places in scripture where they're contained and they're chained. Some people say, well, how can you chain a spirit? Well, I don't know. You ask God. He said it. I, I didn't do it. I know it wouldn't be the kind of chain that you and I use, but it's a chain, believe me. Uh, and uh, he is chained, and he is put into this bottomless pit, and it's done by an angel. Uh, whether it be Michael or whoever, it doesn't matter. It's an angel. The thing is, he does a good job. <laughs> he grabs him. He ties him up. He puts him into this bottomless pit. And there he'll remain for the thousand years. For 1,000 years. All right? Now, we see the millennial. That begins <coughs> in verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they set upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded uh, for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, 
and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their forehead or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now these are the ones that reign with him. Now notice it's a very clear description of the tribulation saints given here. We know they are in this group. But who are these? These are those who are in the first resurrection. Two resurrections, one of the just and one of the unjust. And here we find the resurrection of the just, those who serve God. Now, what do they include? Well, the first resurrection begins first with Christ. He's the first of the resurrection. Then you have the raptured saints at the rapture of the church in Revelation chapter 4. Then you have the tribulation saints and followed by the Old Testament saints in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, tells us about that. I told you before that the tribulation is a continuation of the fifth dispensation of the law, the Jews. It's together and they are raised together. So we have here on earth uh, people in a natural body, okay? These are people who are not in a natural body. These are those who have been resurrected, meaning that they had died. Now, we know from the study of the scriptures that uh, Matthew chapter 25, that you have the judgment of the nations. At the close of the tribulation, not everybody dies the physical death during the tribulation. Many Jews, many Gentiles are going to survive. Some goats, some sheep. Some on the left hand, some on the right. The goats are judged at the close of the tribulation. They're going to hell where they'll await their final judgment. And the righteous have a regular body going right into the millennial reign for a thousand years. So you have during the millennial people in a glorified body, a resurrected body, and people in a natural body. The people in a glorified body, those who are resurrected, are those ones that I've described already. The, uh, the all, all saints, really from all ages, are going to be in that ring. All right? Now, let's go on to verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Those who were raised first are those who reign, and then the rest of them are raised at the end of the uh, thousand-year reign. Now, Let's just uh, get on with verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath, uh, uh, hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath, hath no power, but they shall be pre priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. A lot of the uh, controversy about this chapter comes about to the fact that this is the only chapter in all the Bible that speaks about the thousand-year reign, about the millennial reign. The only chapter. That is, in the, excuse me, not the Bible, in the New Testament. 
here in the book of Revelation, it's mentioned six times in this chapter. Now, for God to say anything one time is sufficient. When he says it six times, there's no reason to doubt. There's going to be a thousand-year reign. The Old Testament is full of promises of the Jews reigning with Christ during this time on the earth for, a for, uh, for over the throne of David, who will be resurrected and be reigning as one of Christ's subordinates, of course. But I believe he'll probably maybe set Daniel, uh, excuse me, David over the city of Jerusalem and Christ reigning on high. Let me just say this uh, so it might help you in your thinking. Where do these saints reign? Where do these Old Testament saints and New Testament saints? There's a difference. We are not promised a kingdom reign. That's not where we're not talked about, uh, you know, having that to look forward to with Christ reigning with us uh, over the, uh, on the throne of David. Uh, that's Old Testament. It's full in the Old Testament. Over and over again, the Jews were promised that the, the um, Christ would reign. And they were looking for that Messiah to come to establish his kingdom when he came the first time. Uh, they mistakenly rejected him and did not accept him. But he came. And, and he came and he would have reigned then had they accepted him. They didn't. God knew they wouldn't. But it was offered. The kingdom was offered. John the Baptist's message was that. The kingdom is at hand. Accept the king. Accept the Messiah. He'll fulfill those Old Testament scriptures of reigning on the throne of David and reigning for a thousand years. And the Jews would reign with him. However, they rejected it, so he was not accepted. He came into his own, his own received him not. We'll read that in, in John. But as many that received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. We who are saved in this age become the children of God. We become the sons of God. But we have a distinction of being the bride of Christ. Now, during this millennial reign here on earth, the new Jerusalem, I do not believe, will actually uh, settle here on earth. I believe there'll be an earthly Jerusalem and it'll be reigned by the, by the Jews. The, the, the kingdoms of the world during the millennial will have Jerusalem as the headquarters. Christ promises that, the holy city. And, and David will reign there in Jerusalem. Christ and his bride are in the new Jerusalem where the bride would be, okay? And so we have a place in ruling with Christ, but not as in the sense that the Old Testament saints would. They would rule over the cities, over the land. Who are they ruling over? These people in natural bodies. They start with a great number. This time is a thousand years. At this time, the earth will witness its largest population ever. Today, there's about seven and a half billion people in the world. Back in 
the late 1800s, there was only one billion. That's how fast the increase of the population is going, okay? But we have about seven and a half billion people today. And we have wars, we have sickness, we have plagues, we have all these things that cause death many times at an early age. That will be changed during the millennium. During the millennium, the curse on the earth will be raised just like man here starts out, everybody's saved. Everybody. No lost. What kind of a world would that be? That's the way it's going to be. But in a thousand years, people having children, and it's a good number to begin with, each having, all of them having children, the, the increase of the population is going to be tremendous. A thousand years and no wars, a thousand years when you don't have to weed a garden, the, weeds, the earth will be able to produce to take care of that great mass population. These are the ones who are reigned over by the ones in the, in the supernatural body who are reigning with Christ. Okay? So that will help you to understand the subjects of the reign and those who will reign during this period of time. Okay, now, so it says, Blessed and holy is he, in verse 6, that hath part in the first resurrection. That's the saved. All of the saved are raised. Now, there will be some at the end of the millennium, but the Bible's silent on that. It doesn't say anything about it. But the righteous during the millennium, of course, will go to heaven as well, as they have from all ages. Okay, but it says... Uh, the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but that but they shall be pray, uh, they they shall uh, praise, uh, me, but they shall be priests of God and the Christ, and shall reign with Him a thousand years. In the uh, Jewish economy, uh, uh, Abraham was a priest. Uh, uh, it's, it's not, it was not a strange thing for the Jewish people to act as priests, okay? So, this second death, it says, those who are in the first resurrection do not suffer this second death. Now, we're all familiar with death in the sense of physical death. And, of course, what happens in physical death is that the life is separated from the body and now you have a corpse, okay? But the, the life is separated from the body and they're not going to be joined together apart from God raising someone from the dead, but which he has done. And they died again, by the way. But Christ was the first of the, res first, first, of the first fruit because he never dies again, okay? So... Here we have this second death. The second death is not second in a sense that it's one, two. It's a second type of death. If you have but one birth, you will have two deaths. If you have two births, you have one death. Your second birth, your first is physical. Your second is spiritual. You have to be born again. Okay? Now, born-again people never die. 
You right now have eternal life. You will never die, according to the scriptures. Now, the second death is a spiritual death. And it means the same as a first death, in that it means separation. It's not the body separated from life, like the physical death. It's being separated from God. That's the spiritual death. That's the second death. Okay? Now, right away, verse 7, millennials over. <laughs> I mean, we talk about the millennial, a thousand year reign, and that's what we have. But, we'll be there. We're not going to worry about it. We're not going to cross those bridges, as they say, until you get there. You have a place in it. You'll reign with Christ a thousand years. As all saints of all ages will reign with Christ a thousand years who have died in this life. And those who go again through the tribulation and do not die enter the millennial reign in a natural body. A natural body. And they have children. You say, well, will they die? Well, yes, there's death in the millennial, but there's not, it's not the eternal state. Don't think, don't get them confused. We're going to talk about that next week. The millennial is a set period of time, 1,000 years. It's here on earth. The eternal state is, is a new heaven and a new earth. It's, it, this one has passed away. Okay. Verse 7, For when the thousand years are expired, when they're finished, Satan shall be loosed out of, the, out of his prison. They're in the bottomless pit. Uh, at the, at the bottom of the pit, he's there in chains, okay? And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. In other words, all the earth. Every section of the earth, Satan will go after. Not just a specific, a specific people or a specific section, Okay? And shall go out and deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. Now, let me say this. If you're a student of the Bible, you know you've heard those names before. You studied the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38, 39. We've already spoke about the battle, the people of Gog and Magog. In chapter 38 of Ezekiel, it's referring to Russia and the people from that area and the armies that they'll lead and they, they have a battle then and they come against Christ then in the middle of the tribulation this with the one in Ezekiel is in the middle of the tribulation this is after the millennium this is 1,300 and a half years later that this battle so it's a different time it's a different situation. That battle was fought against the Antichrist challenging his peace that he has over the earth promised 
us peace for seven years, but he broke the promise in the middle when he defeats Russia and them. He has no uh, viable enemy, and so he sets himself up to be worshipped, declares himself as God, sets an idol in the temple in the, uh, Jerusalem, and declares people to worship him from there, from the last half then of the tribulation is Jacob's trouble. That's like it's never been. It's a terrible time. But that battle sets up the Antichrist and his reign. This battle brings Satan down forever. Forever. Now let's, let's see it. To gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Now think of that. He's going to uh, uh, recruit a following from for the four corners of the earth of such great number. They say, well, well, how can that be? Remember, this is, the world has the largest population it's ever had. Seven billion won't be a, a, a sand in their eye then. You've seen our country go, our, our society, our world go from one billion to, to seven and a half billion and just these, uh, in uh, about a hundred years, roughly speaking, a hundred years. So you can imagine what it would be and we're fighting wars and there's sickness and starvation and that going on every day all over this world, bringing down that population. Here is a thousand years of peace and no starvation, no hunger. Everybody's fed. Uh, the curse being raised. No animals ever attacked anybody in the millennium. Then the, the, the uh, lamb will lay down with the sheep and the goats and the, and the uh, animals will be together. They'll go back to eating grass just like they did before the flood. This is a lot to get in if you're not knowledgeable of your Bible uh, or you're a new Christian, but I want to challenge you to, to study these things out. You hear a lot about talking about the millennial, but have you ever considered that the whole period is covered in just three verses? You have the preparation for it when Satan is bound. You can't have any millennium with that guy running around. He's, he is bound. The wicked influences and the, and the temptation and the uh, trials that he leads you into won't happen. Then you say, well, how does he get so many people to follow him? One way. Remember, Christ reigns on during this thousand years. And he reigns as a dictator. There's no questioning his authority. He reigns with a rod of iron. There's no committees and no councils to tell him what to do. He is God. He does what he pleases. And he's pleased to have this thousand years where righteousness will reign. These young people here today, they have peer pressure that we in our generation cannot understand. They have peer pressure, and it's all to do wicked. It's all to do wrong. 
the peer pressure during the millennium is going to be reversed. It's going to be to do good. And people will obey God or they'll pay the consequences. And so we find that despite that, Satan has such a following. There's only, if, if Christ is reigning and he's reigning on an earth that's nothing like we've ever known. It's like the Garden of Eden. Except there's still sin here. Because natural man is here. And the Bible tells us that man is the culprit. <laughs> Satan's locked up. You can't say the devil made me do it. Can't do that. You can't say because my environment was all against me and you know, we, we should learn something from our own stupid mistakes. You go, I, I remember years ago going through Chicago. I, I was going to a meeting there in, in, in Illinois. And I flew in this O'Hare and going down to where our destination was, we passed on the interstate great towers of buildings. Very big, I mean not one, but all kinds of buildings way up into the sky. And I inquired, what is that? That's public housing. See, they took all these pure, poor people in South Chicago that, that didn't have a decent home, and we built them a nice house and put them in it. In about two years, it looked like the dump they left. That's what man is. Man has nothing in him that's any good. The heart of man is wicked, the Bible says. That's your heart, that's mine. No man has any good in him. The only good we have is when we are saved, we have the Spirit of God living in us. And when we surrender to him, we can do something for God. Not we do, he does something for God through us. But when you're in the flesh, you can't please God. I don't care if you're saved or lost. These people, many of them, they didn't like that dictatorship. They didn't like a, a God ruling them with a rod of iron. I'm, I'm trying to learn to read a watch. <laughs> you guys be patient with me. My wife thought I was a good boy and for Christmas she got me a watch. <laughs> I haven't had a watch in years. She brings my alarm clock and we, we, she says, I want you to learn to use your watch. So I'm trying to see what time it is. So excuse me a minute. Okay, I got it now. I got, I got 25 more minutes. Okay. I didn't want to cut my time short. Okay, so Here's a, a thousand years reigning and he raises this great number of people and he raises it because of the wickedness of man. Many of them, all outward, they were good, two, good uh, two-shoes, as they used to say, you know. Uh, oh, they were just sure couldn't melt in their mouth. But inwardly, they didn't like this dictator. This Jesus telling them everything to do and what to do and what not to do. and They hid it. But when Satan was loosed, he gave them a leader. And it didn't take him long 
to raise a number as the sand of the sea. And in verse 9, and they went up on the breadth of the earth, from all over the earth they came, and they compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city, that's Jerusalem, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now at the end of the tribulation, Christ destroyed the Antichrist and his followers with the word of his mouth. Here he doesn't even say that. You know, the, the, uh, the environmentalists today, hey, Lord, if they just knew their Bible, they'd know how stupid they are. <laughs> Saying that the earth is going to end in such and such a time, you know, some 10 years, some 12 years, some 30 years. Who do they think they are? They didn't make this earth. They don't sustain this earth, and they can't destroy this earth. God made this earth, and God will destroy this earth, but in his time, not man's time, his time. And you can tell the evolutionists for me that I've got every dollar I have in this world. I'll put my wife in slavery for seven years if need be. If they can prove to me they have that kind of authority, I'll guarantee them without any reservations from this very day, the world will last 1,007 years. Amen. Tell you that right now. Yep. I can guarantee that because of the Word of God. If they knew the Bible, they wouldn't be so silly in trying to predict what's going to happen when they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know. And they went up from the breath of the earth encompassed the camp of the, of the saints about the beloved city and fire came down from God of, out of heaven and devoured them and that was it. And the devil, verse 10, listen, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and, the, and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night, how long? Forever and ever. No end. No end. I mentioned this verse a while back when we, we saw where the uh, beast and the false prophet were cast at the end of the tribulation. They were cast into the lake of fire. That was the inauguration of the inhabitants. They were the first two to ever go there. And now... The satanic trinity is complete and the old devil is with them. And let me tell you something. Nobody ever comes back from the lake of fire. They'll come out of hell. They'll come out of the grave. But they'll not come out of the lake of fire. And that's where they are. Now, the great white throne judgment. And let me say this. When Satan is cast into the lake of fire, something uh, there's a transition here. It, it's not spelled out clear, but you, you read close, you'll, you'll see. This, uh, this judgment, this white throne judgment, is not going to be down at the local courthouse. Okay? It's not going to be uh, over in Washington, D.C., and it's not going to be in Jerusalem. 
This is a white throne judgment of God of all the wicked dead. See, where the righteous, you have Christ and then the uh, New Testament saints and then the uh, tribulation and the Old Testament saints and the end of the millennial saints. You have all these different people resurrecting to the newness of life. But the lost are raised one time, all together. All mankind that died without Christ of every age is raised. And so some say, and I tend to think they probably have it right, this judgment will be what we might say out of this world. Let's read it. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, uh, or, or on it uh, from whose face, now notice, the earth and the heavens fled away and they were found no place for them. We don't know just for sure where the lake of fire is. Some people think of hell and the lake of fire is synonymous. It's not. It's two different places. And uh, some think that maybe hell is in the center of the core of the earth. It's a molting mass of fire. And I've heard that uh, taught. And I, I can't disagree with that. But the lake of fire is eternal. And the first thing we read in the next chapter is that there's a new heaven and a new earth. I don't think this judgment is going to be here in this world, in other words. The lake of fire is going to be somewhere out away from God. God's never visited there and he's not going to. And you can't go there either. And from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. This is God on this throne now. Earth and heaven has fled away. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. So now count it up. There's two or more and one. So there's at least three books. All right. All right. There's a book. Uh, okay. And um, where am I at here? Okay. Let me just start again in verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great uh, stand before God and the books, plural, were open and another book, singular, uh, was open. This singular book is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that are written in the books, plural. Okay? <coughs> According to their works. I need to pause a minute. There are, but from this verse and other teachings in scriptures, there's a belief that hell will have a uh, differing degree of suffering. There'll be more, I hate to use the word tolerable, but I don't know what other word to use. It'd be more tolerable for some than others. And hell's not going to be a tolerable place, believe me, a lake of fire. Okay. But now, 
they are judged out of these books in the sea. Let's, let's just stop a minute and take care of these books. So what would these books be? First, of course, the singular book, the book of life. Oh, name's not there. You're standing before God at this right throne of judgment. His name's not there, okay? Now the books are opened. I believe this is one book. This is the eternal word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away. This book will, this word will not pass away. So this word will be throughout all eternity, okay? As the word of God. So I believe the Bible is one book. The other book, I think you are the author. And I'm not saying you. I shouldn't have pointed to you because I suspect most of you are saved. You won't be here. But the lost are writing that book. Remember years ago they had a television program, This Is Your Life. And another good program I like, like the life begins at 80. We like that, don't we, Roger? We're just kids. But now here, we have this books. One's the Bible, and one's your biography. It's really an autobiography, because you're writing it yourself. But in the day of judgment, you're going to be judged according to your works. Now we know from the Bible there are two types of sins. There is sin of omission and there are sins of commission. This gives you God's word of what to do. If you don't do it, you omit, you omit from doing it, that's a sin of omission. The other, the book you're writing, excuse me, the book these lost people are writing is this book of commission. And they're judged out of these books. Hitler's not going to have a very good time in hell. Killing all those Jews and having all those Jews persecuted as he did. God loves the Jewish people. He says he'll bless you if you bless them. He'll curse you if you curse them. He cursed them. He's cursed. And hell is going to be a time of judgment of works. The judgment seat of Christ is a judgment where everybody is saved and are judged according to their works in regards to giving awards. It's an award banquet. You're given awards or not given awards that burn up, saved but as by fire. So there's a difference there and there's a difference in the lost that depends on what kind of life they live. Some people are just more wicked than others. Everybody is wicked, but some are even more wicked. And then it says in verse 13, that the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not 
found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The eternal place of all wicked is the lake of fire. The Bible tells you in, in Matthew 25 that uh, uh, hell was not made for you. God's not willing that any should perish. He did not make provisions for people to perish. He made provisions for people to get saved. And whosoever will can be saved. But those who reject Christ have no hope. And so what was made for the devil and his angels had to be enlarged to encompass all those who are lost. It would be a terrible thing to be an intruder. You're going to have some Christmas celebrations and you'll have guests coming to your house. And I hope you are a guest and not a, an intruder, an unwelcome guest. We've had them. You've had them. You know what I'm talking about. Being where you weren't expected to be. That's what everybody's going to be in hell that dies without Christ. They are intruders. It wasn't made for you. It wasn't made for the lost person. It was made for the devil and his angels. But it's going to be for eternity. And you'll not hear any more about them. They're gone. This millennial reign of Christ is for a thousand years. And it's talked about in just three verses. It's the preparation and it's then the rainers, the few verses, and then there's the judgment of all the lost, of all ages. This, this chapter is a chapter that's, that's not uh, difficult, and yet it bewilders the mind of many people. They try to write into it things that are not there. And they try to ignore it, the things that are there. Six times he says a thousand years, there's a thousand year reign. And you can be an all millennialist all you want. And you say, well, that's all spiritualism. That doesn't mean what it says. A thousand years with the Lord is a day and a day is a thousand years and all that garbage. Had nothing to do with this. Talking about this, verse by verse. Chapter by chapter, book by book. That's how you study the Word of God. And if you had the right Bible, it's word by word. It's the King James. Yes. Too many churches have to teach it just book by book and chapter by chapter. But they can't get down to the words because they've changed them all and omitted them all. And, and it's a shame. We're living in some hard times, folks. We're living in times today... There are three divine institutions that God instituted. The oldest of all is the home. And the home has been attacked in these last 10, 20 years like never before. Now they have the school being your <laughs> mother and daddy. It's, it's sad where we live. The, the government was the second divine institution. Genesis chapter 11. 
God instituted government. We're to pray for our government. We're to be in support of our government. That's scriptural. But like our homes have gone so far from what God intended, so has government. And now today, the cry of the world is a one world government. One world government. The environmentalists had a big celebration. You might have seen it on the news. Now they have did something in the UN that put it on the path, that put it underneath the world of world health. And that will all end where the world health can declare a, a world emergency like they did in COVID and shut the place down over the environment. That's, that's coming. That's, it just gets worse and worse. The third institution is the church. Three, only three. The home, the government, and the church. And the church that Christ instituted is hard to find in these days in which we live. They have gone so far astray. And we've read about in Revelation here about eventually there will be what they call the one world church. You know, we have today the National Council of Churches, which belongs to the World Council of Churches, which has included in their membership not just Christian churches, but now they, they're studying to bring in the Jews and bring in the Muslims and bring in this one and bring in that one, the Hindus and all, into one world religion, one world church. We live in those kinds of days today. But thank God we have two more chapters to go and the first verse of our next chapter says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Oh, this is going to be a different one that God makes. And he's not remaking this one. It's just done. It's finished. His program has come to a conclusion. He's worked with man about any way and every way you can think of. He placed him, Adam, in the Garden of Eden, a perfect place. I mean, who could have asked for anything more? But it didn't last, did it? And then he tried to work with the uh, other people, the other families, and ended up having Noah just build an ark, and he just destroyed it with water. But that time, it was a renovation. The earth was retained. It was changed in the flood. And all died, but Noah and his family ate human beings. And we all are descendants of those eight human beings. But the earth was uh, renovated. Remodeled, you might say, with the water, the flood. This one is no renovation. This is annihilation. This is it. When this happens, no more earth and no more heaven as we know it. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. 
I'll, I'll invite you to come uh, next week, and we're going to try to get those two chapters in one lesson. And so I'll probably have to leave my watch at home. <laughs> Not really. We have... <laughs>